everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Jessica. This is Crystal. And this is Aaron. And this is What's in a Name. What's in a Name. Aaron, you didn't even say it. (laughs) I didn't want to. (laughs) Okay, so as you guys can tell, we have a guest host this week. Her name is Aaron Hamilton, and she is coming to us from the green emerald isles is that a phrase used to describe ireland i don't know it sounds like it might be fitting though (laughs) uh erin do you want to introduce yourself yeah so jessica like she said my name's erin i met these fools in college by idaho um and we've been friends ever since and it's interesting all three of the hosts of this podcast have been to visit me so very true Aaron, do you have a can you rank who your favorite visitors were? <laughs> that's well, the question of the week. <laughs> the most demanding one is the one that's missing. So. <laughs> At Ethan Call. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, so we're gonna um turn the time over to Erin and she's gonna take it away. Yeah, perfect. So um, just to start with the intro question, um, I wanted to know, what do you like more in Ireland than in America? <laughs> okay, so to preface this question a little bit, um, as Erin mentioned, she went to school in America, and she was incredibly defensive <laughs> about uh, any uh, comparisons between why the USA was better than Ireland. And so people would, like, tease her on purpose um, and say stuff like, you know that you guys aren't even free in Ireland, right? Um, And so that, like, we could get a reaction out of her because she's very, very um, proud of her home country. So, but I'm happy to, uh, I'm happy to answer this question because I'm very secure in my patriotism of America. And it's not a threat to me to have other countries be, (laughs) have great qualities as well. So. Um, I actually really loved Ireland. I feel like if I were to live in any country in Europe, of the ones I visited, it'd probably be Ireland. I really liked it a lot. Um, so in terms of what I liked more, the Irish people are very proud of their dairy, I noticed. Like, uh, every like place we would go, like, butter, ice cream, milk, everything was, like, made with Irish dairy. Um, and I actually felt like it was better. Like, I thought it tasted amazing. And so I would definitely put that at the list. Um and then also scenery was just like absolutely stunning. And so I really appreciated that as well. Yeah. The dairy is better. That's why they're pride. Yeah, I, I do. Agree. Like, I was surprised. It was really good. Those are some happy cows. Like we buy mm-hmm. Irish butter and we only use it when we're like trying to feel fancy or we want something to like taste extra good. Any other time we use the cheap American butter. But like when we're like all that we like want this to be like extra good. We use Irish butter. Like yeah. Carry <laughs> gold from Walmart. Yep. Yeah. Crystal's like so fancy. We buy it at our <laughs> local <fancy>. Walmart. <laughs> um, I would say um the fact that your bathrooms have privacy. So anyone who's mm. used the bathroom uh, in the U.S., there's huge gaping holes people can peer in under, and you just don't have uh, privacy. But in Ireland, like, it actually shuts. So you don't have, like, some peeping Tom looking in at you. Who knew that was a thing? And I appreciated it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. 
Perfect. Those are good answers. Wait, Erin, um, can you? Wait, what about you? Yeah, what about you? Yeah. Oh, well, there's a lot. Only there's one. things. That... <laughs> so, ooh, I didn't even think about this, to be honest. Um, you, you thought about it for like the entire four years you were at college. I know, I really did. And then when I'm on the spot, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But it's like in the moment when I when things happen, I'm like, you like more about America than Ireland. <laughs> oh. Restrooms in the gas stations <laughs> that you don't have to pay for. <laughs> I feel like that's all of Europe. You guys are like money hungry. The Mexican yeah. food. Mexican food in America is better. There you go. It's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm okay. man. We're gonna have to like hang that over your head, Aaron, that you couldn't think of one thing that you like more in Ireland than America oh come on very surprising there's there's lots of things like what you would know more like I've ranted about different things (laughs) the cost of healthcare. oh good one yeah she brings that up all the time I can't believe she didn't remember (laughs) it (laughs) on the spot I get nervous I don't know (laughs) yeah healthcare. boom there you go it's awful so just to get started onto the actual topic, um, I wanted you to both think of a time that you feel the test or maybe didn't do as well as you thought you would. Um, and I'm glad Ethan isn't here because he would probably not be able to relate to this. Um, <laughs> but just thinking of that time, like whose fault was it? Um, I feel like I feel like it's usually my fault. Maybe a tiny bit of the instructors in very rare cases, but I feel like I usually take ownership and put the blame on myself, honestly. (laughs) So I would echo what you said. I'm glad that Ethan's not here as well, because he'd probably be like, passing tests is a prereq to Cornell. So, um, (laughs) but I would say it's my teacher's fault for not preparing me and maybe 10% my own fault. (laughs) Okay, good. So two different responses. Um, So... This is actually a really common example used when talking about locus of control, which is the topic we're going to be discussing today. Um, So there could be two different approaches to this situation. And the first, uh, like Jessica said, would be to blame yourself for not studying hard enough. And the second would be to blame the teacher or the test. Um, The first attitude is considered to be internal. Um, So having like a stronger internal locus of control means you believe you can control the outcome of a situation. Whereas the second attitude in the example um, is more of an external approach. So people who have stronger external locus of control tend to believe that luck or fate will weigh in heavily with the outcome of the situation. Okay, so using that example in reverse, what if you do well on a test? Are you are there still like two different approaches? Uh, yeah good question um so someone who did well in their test with high locus of control would think that they did well because they studied hard um whereas someone who did well with higher external locus of control would think they did well because the test was easy so yeah that's kind of the difference um but do you feel that you have higher external locus of control or higher internal locus of control um, I would say for me, it depends on the situations. I At times, I feel like I it's probably more internal looks of control. Um, but there are a couple areas where I feel like I always fall into external looks of control. 
especially if I put effort into something and it doesn't work out, I'm just like, well, it wasn't my fault because blah, blah, blah. And I just justify things. But um, after thinking about it, I definitely feel like I rely more on internal locus of control. So I would say it's probably 50-50 with me. Um, and I say that because I've taken a couple standardized tests or, or state tests rather. Um, so like my CNA test, which I like spent three days studying and passed in the first go. And so like studies or researches, like most people spend months taking the classes and still don't pass on their first go. And then like when I became an insurance broker, I got two days, I like studied the material, took the test and passed. And like normally people don't pass that on the first go. And I didn't think to myself like, oh, I'm so smart. I thought this test is way easy. And then those who failed, I'm like, mm, they're a little dumb. So it wasn't that I'm smarter. It's just the test is easy or the other people are dumb. Crystal, I feel like I feel like every week you tell us about like a different career you've had like one week you're like when I was an EMT and you're like when I was a CNA and also when I took my life insurance test it's like have you taken every certification I like don't know what I want to be when I grow up so I've went down a lot of avenues as far as careers I should be a school counselor because I've had all the jobs and then she's an actress on other things <laughs> like we can't keep up with you I agree it really depends on the situation for me as well um but as I was searching this topic I didn't feel like I fell 100% into either category um but I did find that it's described as a continuum so most people lie somewhere in between the two extremes and locus of control was first developed by Julian Rotter in 1954 and he actually created a scale to measure and assess internal and external locus of control um about 10 years after he like coined the phrase or developed the um concept um and it was quite restricted as it forced people to select one of two options and so it received quite a bit of criticism as some people felt that this can't be fully measured by such a simplistic scale um okay yeah, I think that makes total sense. I feel like most of the time it's not a really extreme thing. We all probably find ourselves in some gray area of it. So um, I remember when I was studying for my clinical exam to become a therapist. Crystal, I'm sure you've probably taken the, the same test since you are also a therapist, right? Anyways, they asked several questions about internal locus of control. And something that people often assume is that the more religious you are, the more external your locus of control is, meaning the more you feel like your fate is just in the hands of God or coincidence or something like that. But in all the research that's been done, the more religious you are, it actually equates to you having an internal locus of control typically. So feeling like you have ownership over your life and you're able to make decisions that determine outcomes and stuff like that. So I just thought it was interesting and it felt maybe a little... uh, contradictory to what most people would assume so uh it was it was just fascinating to me oh yeah that is interesting because I actually had that same thought as I was looking at this um because it does say that like if you believe in a higher power or god that you can have more of an external locus of control um and I obviously I believe in god and both of you do and sometimes I would kind of just think oh if it's not happening or if it is happening it's God's will you know and maybe that's a little bit of a cop-out but I do also believe that I have agency and I have control over like a lot of aspects of my life 
so yeah I think that's kind of interesting to see that actually if you are religious you do have a higher internal locus of control so do you think a higher internal locus of control can be damaging I guess I will ask our resident therapist that (laughs) oh yourself (laughs) (laughs) um I think in some ways for sure just speaking from personal experience um there's a couple areas that I feel like it could be damaging so one it can definitely make others feel trampled if you're just like taking control over the situation and it doesn't really allow for contributions so doesn't necessarily make you a great team player if you're taking it to the extreme um also sometimes having such a high internal locus of control i feel it can make a person really rigid and unhappy because they are very self-critical because everything is their fault if it doesn't go right um and so I think you have to be cautious of that because sometimes it, it is legitimate that something didn't go right and it wasn't necessarily your fault. But I think that in at times people with an external locus of control can have more self-compassion and maybe not be so rigid. I was also thinking too that maybe having such a high inner locus of control isn't necessarily um, understanding of different cultures and backgrounds and stuff so for example the mantra of we'll just pull yourself up by your bootstraps sort of idea um doesn't really account for other factors that could be influencing it that maybe isn't necessarily a factor in my life if that makes sense yeah yeah that makes sense cool um so do either of you have any thoughts on how you could improve your inner locus of control yeah I'll jump in again. (laughs) I think first recognizing that you just have a choice. So a lot of times we use language that takes away our choice from the situation. Like, oh, I can't do that. Or what's the point or stuff like that. So just trying to use language that accentuates that you do have a choice and you definitely do have control of the situation. For me, I I think of like the little mantra. Um, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but basically control what you can and then let, let go what you can't. So there are some aspects in every choice or decision or everything in your life that you can control whether it's something big or minute you can control it and focus on what you can control and try to make the situation better for yourself um in that way yeah I agree with that um something that I find interesting with this is that older people actually have a higher internal locus of control well they usually do because they're less influenced by those around them and they don't really care about what other people think. So obviously when you're younger, you've got that peer pressure and you kind of want to live up to like your friends' expectations and you want to be seen as cool and things like that. So I'm thinking maybe like trying to care less about what other people think of you and just doing things for yourself will increase your internal locus of control as well. Mm. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like thinking about the, with the older people, and also something I was, when I was doing this research, it was saying that like your culture and oppression can play a role in your locus of control. So the culture back when like these older people, boomers were growing up, is a little bit different than the culture that we have um, growing up and being accepted. So there's, there's, a, it's different than ours. And so going along with that, like when um, we have people who, experience different things like they it will affect whether they feel they have control over a situation or not and so something that like on one of my favorite shows good times 
you guys probably never heard of it. It came in like the 50s or something. Um, but they were talking kind of about standardized tests and how it's biased toward minorities. And so you kind of have this system looking at culture set up that from a very young age, if not birth, you're taught the system or something set up against you. And so it's hard to develop this higher internal locus of control that like, okay, I have a, a choice when you feel like it's already set up against you. Does that make sense? And so I feel like, I don't know how to mitigate that, you know, with people in different, who were born in different times or different minority groups of like, this was already set against you. And this is kind of what you've been ingrained with that you can't control these outcomes because this is just how life is. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. You're, I mean, yeah. basically the concept of privilege, right? I suppose. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But, and it's sad that there's not more of like an even playing field for everyone that, you know, people don't have that same opportunity to like succeed, you know? Um, but yeah, I think with this topic, for me anyway, there seemed to be kind of a lot of things that we could have covered. Um, but, you know, we like to keep these episodes short and snappy <laughs> and people, people wanting more. So just to end, um, what are your one sentence takeaways? So mine would be failure doesn't define me. It only refines me. And yes, oh. I should work for Hallmark. Oh <laughs> I feel like um Crystal goes and like visits home goods before every episode. She looks at like the quotes. stuff that's like on like the pillows and like wall signs and just quotes. Not whatever. true. I typed this this whole bit in like ten minutes before this started. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that good. Give me a call, Mark. All right, Jessica, what's yours? Oh yes. Um, okay. Um, I would just say one is, I guess, to just be a little more self-compassionate on myself, own what I need to own and not be afraid of failure, but be compassionate on myself when um not everything is always going to work out the way. Yeah. Mine would be to take action and take responsibility for the outcome. Like Beautiful. It. You know what? I, I would give you the job at Hallmark over Crystal Aaron. Oh, thanks so much. Because you're a hater. <laughs> I would do a better job. <laughs> Crystal, I would give you the job at like Ross or something. <laughs> <like that. laughs> you guys, Jessica's just mad because she didn't come up with something so catchy and snazzy. It's okay. It's okay. In two weeks, you can try again. Um, <laughs> so you guys, that's it for season two. Um we're going to take a two-week hiatus, but we'll be back with some more of your favorite content, like I said, in two weeks. So see y'all and, then. And thank you, Erin, so much for joining us. It was uh, yeah. so fun to have someone from across the pond. Um, Thanks for having me. And we really um, value diversity and culture on this podcast. So thank it was you. really great to have a foreigner be part <laughs> of our, our, uh, our podcast so that we can, you know, have that title she's an american she lived in america almost <laughs> i know i was i was gonna say your, your listeners will probably be like she's not from ireland like she has an american accent but it's <laughs> I'm talking to it. me. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no we appreciate you joining us and it's always fun to catch up so yeah see him thanks for having me
Yes. Okay. We'll see you all in a couple of weeks. Have a great break.